So right now, the past is not here and the future hasn't shown up. We have now. Right now is where we can make a difference in our lives. What's happened has happened. What's going to happen in here, now. How do we go through this day? What are we doing this moment in our heads, in our hearts? Well, right now, we're talking about this shit, and previously in a little while, we'll be singing some more chanting. That's doing something. That's planting seeds that are not seeds of suffering. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Oh, 
champion begari Yeah. 
story so one of the reasons I always get mixed up between Saraswati and Mahalakshmi is um, <laughs> this Murti this beautiful very old Murti you can see 
This was given to me by the Tewaris, Mr. and Mrs. Tewari. And in those days, I didn't have much money at all. And, oh, you can see here, sorry, for the Instagram people. So in those days, I, I was broke. And um, Mrs. Tuari wanted me to, you know, have money. And Mr. Tuari wanted me to have enough. And so they gave me the murti and they told me this was Lakshmi. You know, and I didn't look that close. Oh, Lakshmi, great. You know, and they were, they were blessing me with Lakshmi, which is fullness and Shri and radiance and glory and all the things you need in life, as well as the deeper esoteric inner radiance of Shri, of Lakshmi, the goddess, the Shakti. And so for many, many years, I always saw Lakshmi there. <laughs> and then one day, not too long ago, maybe a few years ago, I took a, I was looking at, and if you look closely, it's not Lakshmi. It's Saraswati. See her playing the Veena here. This is her instrument. Well, over here and everything. See, where are you? Like Instagram people, there you are. And uh, she's got the mala and, uh, and she's the goddess of wisdom and, and music and expression and all that. So that's, you know, these people, they love me so much, they would do anything to help me, even lie to me about what murti they're giving me. Unbelievable. That's how much they love. So beautiful. Um, did Maharaji ever speak of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was the... The, uh, the incarnation of Krishna, who who uh, popularized the, what we call the Hare Krishna mantra, the Maha mantra, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Although he sang it with Krishna first, the Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. But in the Puranas, they say it's actually also sung as Hare Ram first. So. Um, uh, no, he he didn't. As, he didn't really speak about Chaitanya. He didn't speak about a lot of saints, really. Uh, uh, you know, it wasn't. He spoke about a lot of things, but in very simple ways. He had Mahamantra being sung all the time in the temples where he was, when he was there. And even when he wasn't there in Brindavan, they were singing, I think. And uh, at Kenshi, they were singing for the whole spring, summer and fall until the temple closed. But as far as I know, to me, he didn't, went to the Westerners when I was there, I never heard him speak especially about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Somebody's asking me my thoughts about reincarnation. Do we evolve spiritually through lifetimes? Well, the simple answer, of course, is yes. I believe so. That's my belief. But what is reincarnated 
And what is it that evolves spiritually is a very subtle issue. It's not you and me, Krishnadas and what your name, Lori. Our, that little package is not reincarnated. The package of myth of Krishnadas and the package of Lori is the result of karmas. And all the stuff that revolves around that in our lives is what we need to work on this life. There's a continuum of consciousness that takes different forms, manifests in different ways at different times. And you can call that rebirth. Of course, I don't have any proof of this at this point. Uh, but from what I've absorbed from the people, I've, I've, the great beings I've hung around with and taken teachings from, it, it's probably true. I believe it's true that there is such a thing as reincarnation, but it isn't me that's reincarnated. It's my, it's this continuum of consciousness that Hindus call a soul, but in Buddhism it's described differently. The, re the reason it's described differently is because when you see it from a certain angle, even the soul is not permanently a separate thing. Ultimately, it merges back into the one. So, very subtle stuff, very intellectual, very complicated. But essentially, yes, any work you do on yourself in this life, any spiritual practice you do, any, any good qualities that you, that you generate, kindness, compassion, uh, peace of mind, equanimity, but especially kindness and compassion uh, and caring for others, these are qualities that, that magnetize us for, uh, for uh, positive rebirths in, in good situations where we can practice, where we can find out who we truly are and find that love that we're looking for life after life after life. What is my relationship with Tibetan Buddhism and how did it come about? <laughs> uh, well, I always loved the way Buddhism approaches problems. The, the approach to understanding what causes the problems and how to untie those knots that we have in our hearts. I always really appreciated the, uh, the, the clarity in which the practices are described and, and the understanding of the way suffering is created and the way suffering can be relieved and ended. And so I was just drawn to it very much over the years, Buddhism in general and Tibetan Buddhism especially. Uh, and then back in the old days when I was with Maharaji, one day he, he grabbed my notebook. I had two notebooks. I had a diary and I also had a notebook where I kept prayers and, and uh, you know, mantras and stories 
written down. So he grabbed my notebook and he's looking through it page after page and he stops at this one page. He says, what's that? And I looked and it was a Tibetan prayer uh, called Song of Mahamudra, which is very esoteric, very high Tibetan teaching, Buddhist teaching. So I went, oh, jeez, what am I going to, I'm busted. Here I am in a Hanuman temple with my guru, and he's, he's asking me what this Buddhist stuff is. So I just said, Baba, it's a Buddhist prayer. He goes, oh? So he said, translate some. So, of course, I couldn't, but there was an Indian gentleman there, a devotee, that translated a few shlokas. And Maharaji stopped and he said, teak, correct, very good. And I thought, what? Really? How could that be? It's Buddhist. So then he kept going through the notebook and he came across, we had some, we had printed up these tiny little stamps of Maharaji's picture. It was like a whole page of these stamps with his picture. Anyway, he came across one of those small little stamps. He said, who's that? And I said, Baba, it's you. He goes, nay, Buddha. <laughs> so I went, oh. So many of, many of the devotees of Maharaji, Ramdas included, got very involved with Buddhism over the years because of the, the clarity and, and the, the techniques that, they, that are available for uh, working with your issues. So that's, that's why, because I, I, I feel it's very useful. It helped me understand a lot. Um, someone's asking where I can buy Krishna Das on vinyl. Well, you're in luck because somebody wanted to put it out on vinyl, a German company. And uh, there'll be a special edition vinyl of Kirtanwala and Door of Faith available through kd.com shop soon. The exact date will be announced in the e-news. So more me will be available soon. Any devotions or songs connecting to birth, literally and spiritually, um, they're all about birth, the birth of real love in our own hearts, the birth of wisdom, the birth of liberation in our hearts. It's all, everything that I sing is about birthing that beautiful being inside that we don't know very well yet, so... I've got a job in a tobacco marketing place and I'm worried about my karma, but right now I don't have so much option. I wouldn't worry. You have to eat, you have to take care of yourself, and you're not forcing people to smoke tobacco. People are doing it of their own supposed free will, of course. It's not really free will, is it, when you make a decision that threatens your health. Uh, it's a programmed response to different issues within yourself. But it looks like free will because you say, I want to do it. Well, that's the problem. The things we think are free decisions are actually programmed responses. And that's why we do practice. Because we are deluded. We, are, we don't see things clearly. And we make decisions that we think are going to help us and 
are going to be bring pleasure and joy to our lives, but actually they don't. They only bring suffering. They may bring a little temporary pleasure, but then a wave of suffering comes with that. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Why don't you say uh, every day, offer your work to God and say, I, I have to do this work to support myself and eat. Please let everyone who smokes any of this tobacco be liberated from all suffering. Right? So at least you have that aspiration and that intention. And that's good. That'll, that'll make you feel better. And then maybe someday you won't have to do something that is only potentially harmful. I mean... You're not forcing people to smoke. There's poison everywhere. But we don't force people to take the poison. It's available because that's what's on the planet. Everything can be poison if you do too much of it. What do I do? Which most do I do this evening to celebrate? You know, I'm a one-trick pony. I worship my guru in all the forms. And for me, everything flows back into that ocean of being that is my guru. The goddesses, the gods, Hanuman, Ram, Krishna, or Shiva, Kali. It's all a form for me. It's all a form of, of Maharaj, Nim Karoli Baba. So I, I just do those things that kind of stuff. I don't do so much specific rituals to different deities. I don't... It, I've never been that way because I met Maharaji and for me, he's the whole thing. So... Uh, but I, I do, you know, sometimes I do Devi Puja as we did a little today. We sang a little bit and some mantras. But I don't think about it. I don't think, oh, now I'm doing this mantra to this goddess and this and that or that or to this deity. For me, it's all him. Uh, you, you find your own way of seeing it and doing it, but this you asked me and that's what I'm telling you. How do I keep a balance in the world and operate both from personality and awareness? Well, thank you for imagining that I do keep a balance. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think about it. I just do what I have to do. Sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I get fucked up. Sometimes I feel good. I'm not worried about balancing. That's too much in the head. Planning and thinking about how am I now? How am I now? I don't think about how am I now as, as much as I used to. I just try to remember. To remember. To remember Ram. To remember Maharaji. To remember Hanuman. To remember that everybody I meet has that light inside of them. That'll keep you balanced. Is there really freedom from karma? As they say, your soul finally rests in peace. Does it happen? I guess we'll see, eh? Three or four billion years from now, we'll find out. I would imagine there's probably some peace somewhere. It could be right now in this life. Today, could be right now. But our habits of thought 
the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves every day, all day, for our whole lives. This is why we don't have peace, not because there is no peace. We don't have peace because we don't allow it to show up. We're too busy hating ourselves and forgetting ourselves and emerging, emerging ourselves with all kinds of nonsense all life long. Where are we going to find peace? It ain't out there. It's in here. It lives within us as who we already are. When we're tired of beating ourselves up, we'll find some peace. What are you going to do? Why does my life feel so bad? I have known several enlightened beings. Did life take on too much? Why is not the right question. Why embroils you in thinking about your stuff? What can we do to change the way we feel? That's the real question. And uh, <clears throat> there's no button to push that makes it, that changes everything all at once. But you say you've met enlightened beings. If that's the case, then look at those beings, remember those beings, see how they lived in the world, and then you'll know what's possible for you. If it wasn't possible for them, it wouldn't be possible for us. And because it is possible for them, it is possible for us. Uh, and that's why an enlightened being will meet us to show us what's possible. Now, we have all kinds of reasons that we feel so horrible. So much history, so many broken hearts, so much betrayal, so much hurt, so much unsatisfied desires, so much inability to get what we want in life. So, it's not surprising that we don't feel good most of the time. So, you have to find out what you have to do to make your life what you want it to be. And just because you're depressed now and feeling uh, so bad, as you say, doesn't mean you'll always feel so bad. It just means that right now you do. And it also means that you think about yourself all the time. You ever notice that? I feel so bad. I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel bad. You don't feel bad all the time. There are lots of times when you're not feeling bad, but you don't see it at that moment. Like, I... I always moped around my whole life. I am a moper. That's my, uh, that's my natural state. <laughs> but, you know, I find that I don't actually mope around that much. 
anymore. It's very weird. I don't know what happened. I just find, I don't find myself moping. So things do change, but we need to make some effort to develop different habits of thought, different way of going through the day. It's not easy. And the main problem is that we don't believe it's possible. So, it's up to you. You can, you can actuate your will. You can, you can go after the things you want in life. You can get the things you want in life. But you have to go for it. You can't mope around all the time. Then you're, be, you're allowing yourself to be victimized by your own stuff. What's happened in the past brought this moment, makes this moment what it is. If we allow what happened in the past to color this moment, then this moment will just create more of that in the future. So right now, the past is not here, and the future hasn't shown up. We have now. Right now is where we can make a difference in our lives. What's happened has happened. What's going to happen in here, now. How do we go through this day? What are we doing this moment in our heads, in our hearts? Well, right now, we're talking about this shit, and previously, in a little while, we'll be singing some more chanting. That's doing something. That's planting seeds that are not seeds of suffering. That's what spiritual practice is about. We have to plant the seeds of the things we want. Otherwise, they can't grow. And my guru, Maharaji, said the repetition of the, the names of God Ram Nam, he said. Everything is accomplished through that. So, start repeating the name. And when you catch yourself thinking about yourself and believing, oh, it's never going to work, nothing's going to work, and I'm always going to be fucked up, drop it and come back to the name. And do that 45 billion times a day until it becomes a positive habit that when you notice that your negativity starting to rise up, you start, you bring the name into your consciousness again and again and again. That's one thing you can do. There's many ways to practice. That's one way. But you have to do something. That doesn't mean, that means something. Therapy, counseling, practice, meeting great saints, reading books. You have to find something that feeds your heart. And only you can do that. That's the good news and the bad news. You can do it and you have to do it. No one can do it for you, but you can do it. Do I have any thoughts in dealing with someone that is thick and narrow-minded and isn't the most loving person, someone that takes your joy and you have to hide your spiritual side? Uh, you mean you? You're talking about yourself. You realize that, don't you? If you had any compassion at all, you could never ask a question like that. 
but you're judging this person and you're thinking they're taking something away from you, what could that be? They're just being themselves and you don't have enough compassion to allow them to be themselves. You want to change them. You want them to see you to being spiritual. You want to help them. But when you say help, it means you want them to appreciate you. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is love them and let them be who they are. They can't take anything from you. No one can take anything from you. So the only narrow-minded person who uh, is thick is the person who's asking this question. Your heart is tight. You're judgmental. I'm sorry, am I being too gross? But I'm trying to point out to you that you're the problem, not the other person. There is nobody else out there. There's just our versions of other people. And a lot of them we don't like. We want to change the version. That doesn't work. You change yourself first. Then the version is changed automatically. Why should that person, why should that person change to make you happy? If your happiness depends on what other people, how other people react to you, you're in trouble. And of course, we're all in trouble <laughs> because we all want everybody to love us. We want to shine. We want to be seen as being great, wonderful, loving beings, even when we're not. Because if we're great and wonderful and loving, we wouldn't care what anybody, it wouldn't affect us what anybody thinks. And we wouldn't want anybody from any, we wouldn't want anything from anybody. But because we're not, we want everybody to see us as beautiful because we don't see ourselves as beautiful. So take a look at yourself and see what you have to let go of. And uh, nobody can take anything from you, especially what you don't have, which is love and compassion right now. Was, I'm sorry if that was too... Could I say something about betrayal by a spiritual teacher? Well, you know, God bless him, as my grandfather used to say. For somebody who poses as a spiritual teacher and uses that position to get himself or herself off and make money and have sex and, and be, get famous and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I, I wouldn't want to be them in their next life or in their next breath. I wouldn't want to be them now. But certainly, the karmas they're creating are horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. So, you dust yourself off, and you get up, and you keep moving. And ultimately, ultimately, When it's a terrible thing, I mean, we as Westerners, we're very naive about these things, and all we want is somebody to pet us on the head and tell us we're beautiful and we're loving, and that we're we're loved, and you know, and we don't we don't even care if if they really feel that we just want to be petted on the head. At least I'm talking about me, right? Uh, and then you find out that the person petting you on the head was a lying bastard, a miserable, manipulating, self-centered, selfish, lustful piece of shit. 
It doesn't feel good to be so fooled, does it? That's where the real sting is. Because the betrayal that you think they've done to you is nothing compared to the betrayal that we've done to ourselves by giving ourselves away to someone like that. We did the best we could. We're doing the best we can, but because we needed something, which was to be told that we're good little boys and girls, we're willing to give ourselves away for that. And there are no end of people who are willing to uh, take advantage of that. So it's a good lesson. It's a painful lesson, but it's a really good lesson. Someone once told me, I wish I knew who it was. I can't remember. The lesson of betrayal is trust. The lesson of betrayal is trust. So like I just said, When we're betrayed by a teacher or a friend or a lover, it's not just what they, they're doing to us, which they couldn't help because that's who they are. It's the fact that we betrayed ourselves by putting us ourselves in a position to be hurt like that. Now, not that I'm not... That's not something to blame yourself for, but it's something to notice that we needed something, that we were willing to give ourselves away to somebody in order to get that. And the story we told ourselves is, oh, this person is so beautiful. They love me. They love me. They really love me. And when we find out that they don't, it's crushing and painful. I was in a scene like that, so I'm talking from my own experience. Don't ask me who it was. I'm not going to tell you. So I know that the betrayal that I felt and the anger I felt wasn't really about directed towards them, mostly. It was directed to me. And so the lesson I learned from the betrayal was to trust myself more. To trust myself, to trust ourselves. But it's scary because you think you're trusting yourself and you made a choice that turned into that situation. Maybe it won't happen again. Maybe that's the good side of it. You learned something. Even if you didn't want to, you were forced to learn something. You were put through something which changes you. And eventually your heart will relax again and you will try to find a way to be in the world that's good in a good way. The lesson of betrayal is trust. Everything in this world betrays us. Because we are looking for happiness, for love. And love and real happiness are not out there. But we are programmed to look outside of ourselves. And it's inevitable we'll be at least disappointed and if not crushed by situations. But we'll come back. We come back, it takes some time to heal up again. And it, 
once we realize the issue is about trusting ourselves, then we've already got, we've already overcome it. Because then we see what our work is. Not to be angry at that person, although we can be, we're allowed. But think of, I mean, at, you know, at some point, I hate to say this, but after some time you begin to feel compassion for this person who is creating so much suffering for themselves. I mean, they want to be happy too, these miserable people who hurt us. <laughs> Don't they? They want to be happy and they're doing what they think they have to do to be happy. But it's easy to see that it's not going to make them happy. In fact, they're putting wood on the fire that's burning them right at this moment. It's tricky stuff. But the lesson of betrayal is trust. It's a very painful lesson. And it's a very good lesson. Will there be 108 Hanuman releases at the beginning of 2022? Yes, but virtual. We'll be doing it virtually on January 1st. <clears throat> oh. There's a lot of questions here. Much more than I can I can possibly answer. I'm sorry. Um, I hope that most a lot of these questions really we've been talking about them in one way or another. I'm a yoga teacher and I have a question, how do I deal with the guilt of charging for something that feels so necessary and essential? Um, I don't think your guilt has anything to do with charging for yoga. Teach, you're, you're a teacher. Teachers charge for teaching. You're not claiming to give people enlightenment. You're not claiming to be liberated and that if people come to your class, they'll be freed of all suffering. You're teaching them a practice that you learned from somebody that you probably paid to learn. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to eat. You have to support yourself and whoever is dependent on you. So the guilt trip, uh, you know, you have to get over that. And if you can't get over that, then don't don't charge. You know, get a job in this stopping shop. Do something that you think is uh, reasonable, but it's not. You know, there's nothing wrong with charging for teaching. <laughs> How do you keep a romantic relationship when you're supposed to love everyone? What makes the romantic partner special and different from others? Romance is a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale we love. 
We're sold on that fairy tale. From the moment we're born, our parents were looking for it. They didn't find it. Maybe they found friendship. Maybe you could find friendship with another human being. Real friendship and real trust. And in that trust, a love can flow. But romance is a story. It's a fantasy. And it's a great fantasy. I mean, we're, we're all trying to fall in love forever. Come on. Nothing is forever. If it lasts three days, you're lucky. Okay. A week. Whatever. Relationships are business. Between two beings. You have something. You offer something, you get something in return. There's nothing wrong with that. But as my Indian father, Mr. Tuari, and my great teacher said, relationships are business. Love lasts 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It doesn't come and go. You don't fall in it. You don't fall out of it. You don't get it from someone. Love is who we are. Loving feelings are one thing, but love forever, romantic love forever is pretty difficult. And if you look at the divorce rate and the, the rate of people breaking up after the energy between them is dissipated, or they go, they want to get somebody else, they fall in love with somebody else. Come on, that's not love. That's, that's, that's lust, and lust is between two beings, and it's energy, and that's fine, but it doesn't last forever. Romance is a beautiful fantasy. Uh, maybe sometimes it's not so beautiful. All the broken hearts out there, we're looking for love, we think this person loves us forever, and then they, they go find somebody else. So, this is the Western view, romantic relationships. That doesn't mean love doesn't exist, and it doesn't mean you can't share love with another person. Real friendship, real affection can be in a relationship. Real support, real trust. Real openness. But that's work. That takes work. And that's not, that's hard work. And relationships are very difficult work if you want to be honest and real and not live in, in more delusion. So, All right, that's really it. Yeah. Sorry we couldn't get to all of them. There's a few questions here about suffering. One's them about how do we handle our emotions in the face of cruelty to animals 
or any being on earth. And what about being alone? Ultimately, we are alone. Uh, we come into this world alone, we go out alone. And at the same time that we are alone, we're not, it's not a requirement to be lonely. But most of us do get lonely when we don't have other people around, mostly because we don't know how to uh, live at peace with ourself. And uh, live at ease in our own hearts. And the pandemic is a perfect example of what happens to people when we don't know how to deal with our emotions and our thoughts. We don't even know it's possible. Then our thoughts and emotions just crush us and we get violent and aggressive and depressed and angry. And all these emotions get blown up. The pressure, it's a pressure cooker. But for people who have been doing practice for years and years, it's not like that. I can feel those emotions and I can experience that other people are, are really suffering. But, and when I feel that way, I know how to deal with it. I know what to do with that emotion. For the most part, I don't have to let it push me around and force me to act in ways that create more suffering. So, this is the fruit of, of the path. This is the fruit of practice. And then, that fruit deepens when you, you can be present for other people who are having those issues. And... Uh, my, it's the grace of my guru, Nim Karoli Baba, who in his own way created this chanting situation as a way for me to work on myself and also other people to work on themselves. So Spiritual practice is, is required. And whatever that means to you, this is the only way to live, find a way to live in this world with less suffering. One has to do some practice, whatever that means to you, whatever you find, whether it's Sufi dancing or silent meditation or chanting or something. You have to do something. If you don't plant the seeds, if we don't plant the seeds, we can't expect those trees to grow that will give us fruit to eat. We have to plant the seeds for, for kindness, compassion, caring, equanimity, friendship, for all beings, with all beings. 
if that's what we want to find, we have to plant those seeds. So please, whatever you're feeling, find a way to plant seeds of the things you really, really, truly want to be in your life. So you have to figure out what that is, how to think about that yourself, and how not to be victimized by the unconscious flow of negative emotions and negative stories that we just automatically believe. We believe everything we think. That's crazy, but we do. Eventually, you get to the place where thoughts are just thoughts. They flow through. Boop, hello, goodbye. When you need thoughts, you can use them, but you, they don't control you after a while. But that's a long while, and that takes sincere, wholehearted approach to practice. Hare Rama. Okay, so let's sing some more. It's already late, but we'll sing some more. You'll find that we sing, very often we sing the same chants. Because repetition is the way it gets deeper. It's not entertainment. This is spiritual practice. This is meditation. So repetition of the name over and over is what deepens that uh, movement into the heart. So...
て
ओम नमो भगवते
Chand 
ਸਭ ਪੀਰਾ ਜੋ ਸੁਮੇਰੇ ਹਨੂਮਤ 
तब्बल बीर जे 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 हनुमान गोसाई सत्तबार फाट कर कोई चुदही बंदी मासुक होए होया पर हनुमान चलेसा होया सिद्धिसा की गाड़ीसा तुलसीदास सदार चेरा की जेनात प्रदयांदेर सीता सहिता दैवसर सुरभूप सियावर राम चंद्र पद जे शरणम मंगल मूर्ति मारुत नंद सकल मंगल मूलन कंद मंगल मूर्ति मारुत नंद सकल मंगल Nekanda, Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram, Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram, Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram, Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram, Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram, Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram. Shiram Jirani Jiram Shiram Jirani Jiram Shiram Jiram Jiram Shiram Jiram Jiram Shiram Jiram Jiram Shiram Jiram 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 संकटमोचन कुपानेधान चेष्याराम जे बाबाहनुमान संकटमोचन कुपानेदान श्रीराम जे राम जे जे राम श्रीराम जे राम जे जे राम श्रीराम जे Thanks for coming tonight. And listen, uh, I really do love these questions, and I love that you're a, you, we we can gather together like this and deal with all this stuff. Because if we don't deal with it, it deals with us. We all have the same issues. Every single one of us. Everything. Every question that was asked today, I have the same problems at one time or another, even today and tomorrow. So when we bring all this stuff to consciousness and we, we talk about it, it really, really, really helps us to live with it and work through it and finally to be able to let go of the things that cause us suffering. So once again, thank you so much for coming and chanting. And you know, if we know anything about a path at all, 
It's only because of the great beings that have gone before us. And every one of those great beings has dealt with the same shit we have to deal with, but they've overcome. They've been liberated from that. And that's why they walk this path so that we would know what a path is. So in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us be safe, be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and that ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. Namaste.